0: We are still talking about being rooted and grounded. Now, please make sure that's the title on, the, the, on YouTube for me. Rooted and Grounded. And we talked about how visitors are on the outside looking at the process, but not involved in the process. How many of y'all remember that? Because it's a mind issue. And what we're discovering, everything goes back to mind renewal. And the faster we renew our minds, the easier it is to work with God. So now, the importance of being planted in a local church is crucial to your development. Hmm. And I learned that, and I tell you, I began to settle in and let the Lord use me. All right. Let me get to my notes for today. I was trying to recap, but my husband was better at that than me. I like to start from the beginning. Hallelujah. All right. and You know, I I got DJ always talks about me in my script. There we are. There we are. Are you aware, I'm going to ask you this question, that you don't get to know who Jesus really is without being planted in the local church? Now I better understand when Jesus said, they're going to say, well, Lord, didn't I do such a such?' He said, I never knew you. You didn't go through the right process. This is why I just visiting. I know some people, they're looking for a new home church or something like that. But at some point, you need to settle down and say, I'm not interested in the choir or the praise and worship leader. Let me hear the word. Now all of those ecstatics are good. I believe you should have good music. I believe all those things work. But suppose we didn't have any singing. Could you get fed? Because that's what you should be after. Can I be fed in that environment? Am I just going on how I feel, or am I really being fed? Because a lot of people are being loaded up with sugar. Ain't nobody saying amen on that one. Okay. Okay. A lot of people being loaded up with sugar today. They're getting something that looks like food, but have no nutritional value. So you're not going to know Jesus. I know you think you know him, but you don't know him. The way you think you know him when you're not planted in a local church. Who Jesus has been made unto us is revealed or unfolded through our commitment to the local church. That's the only way you're going to get it. Some of you have gone through some things, but because it's been of your faithfulness and your commitment and your planting in this local church, you overcame where somebody else in the same situation failed. And you need to thank God for the good local church. Amen? Brag on your church. Not brag on me, or, but brag on Jesus that you're in the right place at the right time. Hallelujah. Because the revelation of Jesus is revealed in the dying process. You cannot commit to the dying process without being part of a local church. It does not happen just because you get born again. That is really called sanctification. And this is why you, we have a lot of problems in church today, because there are a lot of people that's never been sanctified, where they went through the dying process to the old them. They just learn to run and live on and keep right on, but they keep making so many mistakes that they don't have to make if they just let their old mind die. The reason they're having these issues because What needs to be in their soul is not present. So Jesus' whole purpose for coming was to be duplicated. said duplicated. I mean, it's all right to celebrate, but he didn't come for us just to celebrate him. He came so he could be duplicated. All of you that got babies, they look just like you. You duplicated yourself. And when they grow up, they're going to have your tendencies, your mannerisms. They might have something a little bit different than you, but they're going to look just like you, act just like you, have your same slogans and all your little stuff. Because that's your duplication. No need to get mad with your duplication. You need to say what's right around them so they can grow up right. Now, Jesus found himself... While being committed to the local synagogue. Look at Luke chapter 4. And look at verse 14. See Jesus went to church. Oh yes he did. Verse 14. And Jesus returned in the power of the spirit into Galilee. This is when he came out of the wilderness. And there went out a fame of him throughout All the region round about. And he taught in their synagogues, being glorified of all. Now, he went to church. He was a teacher in the synagogue, so you know he had to go to church. (laughs) And he came to Nazareth. he, He was in one area, and he visited. He going to Nazareth, where he was brought up. And as his what? Somebody say that word. And as his custom was... That means he had a schedule of going to church because he knew it took that to become rooted. He knew it was going to take that for him to discover his purpose. Now, you said, what well, Jesus knew when he came. He had to grow up and to understand your, what you're dealing with. He didn't know it straight off the cuff. He knew God sent him but he had to discover it in the word. And the only way he was going to get the word, he had to go to church. Oh, Jesus. And it says, as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up for it to read. And there was delivered unto him the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written. He found what the Lord, what God had said about him. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives and recovering the sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. Now, He was doing something in the church already, but God just told Him His purpose. Oh, this is going to help you this morning. And it says he closed the book, and he gave it again to the minister and sat down. And the eyes of all them that were in the synagogue were fastened on him. And he began to say unto them, This day is this scripture fulfilled in your ears. I found what I'm supposed to do. It's written all about me. That's who I am. And he was right in church. Woo, Jesus. That's where I was because I, I was not trying to be a pastor. Neither was Dr. Davis. We were happy being doing what we were doing in our local church. He was the bass player, and, and I helped in the nursery. I did other little things, but we were happy doing whatever we had to do in the service to help the service go right. We didn't have pastoring on our mind. But the purpose of God was discovered sitting right in the local church. And what we do, a lot of people, now listen, I ain't condemning nobody. A lot of people go to Bible school thinking that's their ordination to start something when they don't know if that's the will of God for them yet. Bible school is not a sanction for you to become a pastor. You should be called to be a pastor before you go to Bible school. And that's done under the authority of somebody else. You can't make yourself a pastor. You can't make yourself a minister unless you're a minister of reconciliation. And that's to the all of the church. Every one of us is a minister of reconciliation. You don't need paper to do that. Am, am I helping somebody? But it was done right in the local church. Mm. So yours and my identity gets to be known as we root in the local church. Listen, when seed gets planted and died to the soil, while trusting the farmer to attend to it, what the seed is, say what the seed is, unfolds and is revealed through the death of the seed to the soil. The seed has to trust the soil so that the soil can supply, say supply, the nutrients necessary for growth. Do you not know you can be a, a stubborn and obstinate where that you don't accept nutrient? I've had plants to be like that. They, they can be so dominant, you put them in good soil, and they are dying good soil. Why? Because they are resisting nutrients. Remember we talked about that spiritual insulin? See, they're resisting nutrients. Trust has to be the number one factor when you come to a local church. You have to trust the soil you're in. If you got schism about the soil you're in, you need to either go to God and fix that or find yourself a new soil that you trust. You should not have apprehension about your leadership. Mm. Because trust is the number one factor to plant, to be planted. Now, the soil's assignment to the seed is to help the seed to manifest its real assignment in the earth. I'm not here so we can just have good fellowship. No, my assignment to you as the farmer and the soil that you're planted in is to ensure that you have opportunity, say opportunity, to be what God called you to be. Mm. When the seed is no longer a seed alone, it bringeth forth fruit unto righteousness. Ha, <laughs> ha, Something happens. Look at Hebrews 12, 5. Hebrews 12, 5. I'm going to read this from the uh, Passion Translation. Verse 5, and have you forgotten his encouraging words spoken to you as children? He said, my child, don't underestimate the value of the discipline and training of the Lord God or get depressed when he has to correct you. This is part of the dying process. You in the ground, you can't see above the dirt. That's not your job to try to figure out how everything runs. You got to trust. For the Lord's training of your life is the evidence of his faithful love. And when he draws you to himself, it proves you are his delightful child. Verse 7. Fully embrace God's correction as part of your training. For he is doing what any loving father does for his children. For who has ever heard of a child who never had to be corrected? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's the biggest number one problem in the body of Christ. People don't want to be corrected. You can't grow without correction. You will not grow without correction. And if you think you got all the answers to your life, you need to start your own church. And then you're going to find out you're dumb. Because you're going to draw people to you like you. And they're going to teach you a thing or two. They're going to show you you ain't as smart as you think you are. We all should welcome God's discipline as a validation of authentic sonship. For if we have never once endured his correction, it only proves that we are bastards and not sons. Now, I didn't put that word in there. If you don't like being called a bastard, don't be one. Go ahead and play it. Jesus saying this. What do you want me to do? I can't snatch this out the Bible because we don't like it. Come on. Grow up. He called you a bastard. I didn't. Don't like it? Do something about it. It says, it only proves that we're bastards and not sons. And isn't it true that we respect our earth and the fathers, even though they correct it and discipline us? A lot of fathers don't do that today. No, they don't. You should. We didn't say, "Be a tyrant, but you'd suppose a discipline." Then we should demonstrate an even greater respect for God, our spiritual Father, as we submit to His life-giving discipline. Our parents corrected us for the short time of our childhood as it seemed good to them. But God corrects us through our lives, throughout our lives, rather, for our own good, giving us an invitation to share His holiness. Now all discipline seems to be more pain. Then pleasure at the time is being administrated. Don't nobody like to hear correction. I mean, you know, you grow into liking correction. Yet later it will produce a transformation of character. Bringing a harvest. This is what I wanted to get to. It's a transformation of character. Bringing a harvest of righteousness and peace to those who yield to it. Hallelujah. I'm going to use the What we know is the oak tree, for my example this morning. Man, I learned some stuff this past week. I'm going to tell you the truth. That's why you got to go before God, I learned some stuff this past week. It begins as an acorn. I was trying to find some, but, you know, they're kind of hard to get in the store right now. I was trying to show you that that acorn is about the size, about this size right here. But... Now plant that acorn into good fertile soil. It's in a good church. As the acorn yields to the soil and becomes one with the soil, its identity begins to unfold. Now we see it on this side as an acorn, but how many of you know something else is on the inside? Time passes and now something tremendous happens. Not only is the tree that was in the acorn revealed, but his name gets changed. His his whole identity gets changed. Ooh, y'all missed that one. It's no longer called acorn. What is it called? The oak tree. It died and the name changed. I said it died to the soil and the whole character and name got changed. That was a complete transformation. Ooh, Jesus. It can't go back to being an acorn. It's now known as the oak tree. This oak tree is the harvest of the acorn. Said the harvest. But not just the harvest. It is also reproductive. It has more acorns in it, (laughs) which gives it the ability to reproduce more of its kind. Say more of its kind. Ooh, Jesus. The harvest has to come forth to benefit people and animals. The harvest has to come forth to benefit people and animals. It's not just another plant. It has purpose. The harvest has come forth to benefit people and animals. It has been called to impact. There are some animals and then there's mankind that the oak tree has been called to impact. Oh, Jesus. Hallelujah. Are y'all hearing it? In its manifested or harvest form, the oak tree can support more life forms than any other tree. (laughs) I'm going to share something with you. It's the home for the caterpillars, which becomes butterflies. We heard that transformation before, right? It feeds and protects birds all the way up to bears. That's the tree that bears live in. Countless insects and spiders. The oak tree helps to balance the ecosystem. Therefore, they are just not another plant. They bring balance in the land. You are the salt of the earth. We are supposed to bring what? Balance. We're supposed to keep the ecosystem balanced. hmm now, the acorn is the fruit of the oak tree. Inside of the acorn are the seeds that grow more, more oak trees. But acorns have an impressive number of health benefits to man. Now, you can go to the, the oak tree, take the acorns, and benefit if you eat the seed. Then you can't eat the oak tree, but you can eat the fruit from the oak tree. It has many health benefits to man. I know some of y'all didn't know this. Maybe you do, but maybe you smarter than me, but I discovered some things. It has the ability to protect the heart, boost energy. This is all in the seed of the acorn. Improve digestion, regulate blood sugar levels, helping build the strong bones, help to repair the body, soothe inflammation, Eliminates diarrhea, can be used for skin care. It's a great source of fiber, help to regulate metabolism. It is rich in vitamin B1, which is thiamine, B2, riboflavin, B5, pantothenic acid, B6, and B9, which is your folate. Man, in one seed. And it's rich in minerals calcium, copper, magnesium, manganese, iron, potassium, and zinc. No wonder when you go to store, those things are so expensive. People already know the benefits of them. This is why we can't hide the goodness of God because somebody needs what we got. Watch it. It helped to support the making of proteins. Which are extremely important in the creation of new tissues and cells. It, the acorn helps to repair already damaged areas and aid in rapid healing following an injury or illness. Acorns can be ground into flour and baked in breads where typically we use grain. You didn't know that about, but I was in that acorn. Oh, Jesus. It can also be used as a thickening agent in stews and soups. Man, who knew? An average mature oak tree can produce up to 2,200 acorns a year and can produce 3 million acorns in its lifetime. Sound like souls to me. How many people? Do you get the point? The who you are supposed to be is still still unraveling. So where you are today is not where you're supposed to end up. Don't get happy where you are and stay there. Keep growing. You're still unfolding. It's something bigger and greater than you. You got to walk in your divine purpose. See, until that acorn was put in the ground, you never got out of the oak tree what you were supposed to get. The oak tree became shelter and food and protection. Ooh, Jesus. Don't stop development because of challenges. Take your challenges and use them to accelerate your growth. Mm. So I'm going to ask you this. Who are you but still in seed form? Who are you but still in seed form? What were you born to do? Do you know it yet? What's your real assignment that the church and the world is supposed to benefit from? Are you supposed to be that next artist that paints? the greatest pictures known to mankind? Are you supposed to be that scientist or that doctor? Are you supposed to be that evangelist that will travel the world and win the the loss? Are you supposed to be the next pastor? Are you supposed to be a prophet you don't know yet? Hmm. It might be because you got a visitor mindset and it's interfering with your rooting. You can't and will not know it without being rooted and grounded in the soil. God needs you to grow in. See, pastors, real pastors like myself and Pastor DJ, are anointed by the Holy Spirit to help mine out of you, your real purpose. You might start off helping administrate. You might start off helping in the ministry of helps, but that's not who you're supposed to end up being. That's greater work. That's supposed to come out of you. They're just helping with stuff. But if you never get out and touch the lives of somebody else, you stop growing. So you can't be afraid that you won't be what you think you should be. Because that interferes with real growth. Because sometimes we come to church and we already got skills. Say skills. And instead of submitting our skills to the Lord, We, and I mean, you got to have a job. Listen, don't nobody write me or call me and ask me no dumb questions. Well, what about if I'm already working? Stay working. You need the job. But I'm talking about you take your skills and you never submit those skills to the Lord. And say, is this what am I supposed to do for the rest of my life? When I, when I came to the Lord, I was used to working as a secretary. You know, that's, that was my field. That's what I was trained in. And now I can't stand secretary work. I do it because I have to at times. Now, Lily is the secretary of the church, but there are some parts that Lily can't do. So that means I got to do paperwork. I'm looking for an aid. Y'all just don't know. Now listen, there will be seasons of sunshine where everything is good. Then there will be times where you will be corrected, you're going to be chastised, and even rebuked if that's what it takes to help keep you growing and ever-changing. So you don't go to a church expecting them to make you feel good all the time because it does not happen in real church. We have to teach lessons that will keep you growing. Chastisement comes to keep weeds and distractions from developing in your space. We see the weeds starting, and we'll correct you. And if I can't come straight to you and correct you because you're too tender, then I got to preach front from the pulpit. Say hallelujah. Because some of you won't let me speak into your life that way. I already tried it, and you already got your answer. So now I got to teach about you from the pulpit so you can get the lesson. Because I'm still trying to keep that weed from choking your leg, growing up your leg. And because you don't sense it right now. Because that's the way weeds do. They start little and you go back two days later and they're like, they this tall. Don't take long for them to take over. Mm-hmm. See, weeds and distractions come to abort the seed from becoming a harvest. That's the whole goal of distractions and weeds is to stop you from becoming who you're really supposed to be. I'm, I'm inviting you to get into your prayer closet again because our nation needs us to pray. We need to pray to hear the voice of God and not assume that we are walking in his will. So what is the harvest that is expected as a result of you and I being planted rooted, and grounded. Somebody shout out loud. Sons! Sons! S-O-N-S. Sons! That's the harvest that we're supposed to become. All of us been designated, those that been born again, if you are planted, you are supposed to turn into a Son, with the same capabilities, abilities, and power and dominion as Jesus. You got to hear this. We don't have a lesser degree of God. We have all of God just like Jesus. Romans eight twenty nine. See, Jesus came to show us what a son of God is supposed to look like and do. He didn't come here for us to celebrate. He came here so he can show us what a son has the power and the authority to do. He walked as you and I should be walking. Romans 8, 29 says, For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among what? Many brethren, so God is expecting more Jesuses. He's expecting more Jesus in the earth. Oh, I didn't get no thanks on that one, Diddle. He's expecting more Jesus in the earth. Hmm. Colossians 1.18 saying, he is the head of the body, talking about Jesus, the church who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have the preeminence. Now, because Jesus is the head of the body, who, he's the head of the church, and since he is the beginning and the firstborn heir, say the firstborn heir. Firstborn heir. So, therefore, he holds that position because he's the firstborn heir. He's the firstborn again man. Man, that ought to make y'all happy. He's the first born again man. He's the only one in heaven like himself. Waiting on us to become sons. Mm. As a son, you're no longer identified as a servant. Now you can... Willingly put yourself in a servant position like Apostle Paul did. But that's not what God calls you. He calls you son. You're not a servant. John chapter 1 verse 12. But as many as received him. But as many as received him. But as many as received him. To them gave he power to become the sons of God. So in the sea is the power. Say the power Power. to bring forth sons. Just like in the acorn is the power to bring forth the oak tree. But the acorn had to die to the soil and say, I trust you with my life. I know what I'm supposed to be, but I'm going to trust you. Bring it out of me. Bring it out of me. I'm going to stop questioning leadership. I'm going to stop critic, uh, critically uh, analyzing everything they say. We make mistakes just like you make them. And if I mispronounce a word or say something incorrect, I come back and fix it. God knows how to get a hold of my heart. But it's not your assignment to begin to sit back and critique because it puts you in the wrong seat and you stop growing. Either you trust or you don't. Because I told you before, trust is the number one component to die in the soul. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. Romans eight sixteen says, the spirit himself bear witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children... Then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. It so be that we suffer. That's the part we don't like. It so be that we suffer with him, that we may be also glorified together. So I, I equated that with the dying process. That suffering. is the dying process. It's not going to kill you. It's only going to make you better. When you die to the soil and you release who you are. And you begin to shed that outer shell. And it begins to crumble away. Man, being a Christian is really, really enjoyable. Being a Christian is is up and down because we're not planted. You should be the happiest people on earth. Because according to verse 18, it says, for I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy. They, They don't need to be compared with the glory, which shall be what? Revealed, revealed, revealed. That means it's not automatic. It's not automatic. It has to be revealed or mine out of you. That is done through the local church. For the earnest expectation of the creature waited for the manifestation of what? So it's waiting on the harvest of sons. (laughs) It's waiting on sons to show up. Not toddlers. Not crybabies. It's waiting on sons to show up who got planted in the soil and discovered who they are what they can do and what they have. And they learn Jesus. Ooh, hallelujah. For the creature was made subject to vanity, not willingly. The animals don't like it. They they was made subject to this mess unwillingly, but by reason of him who had subjected the same in hope. Because the creature itself also shall be delivered from the bondage of corruption, Into the glorious liberty of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation groaneth. And travaileth in pain together until now. Why? sons are here. We can fix the ecosystem again. Oh Jesus. Lord am I the only one hearing this? And not verse 23. And not only they. But ourselves also, which have the first fruits of the Spirit. Man, look at that fruit, first fruits. Even we ourselves grown within ourselves, waiting for the adoption to wit, the redemption of our body. Now we wait on our body to be transformed, but inside we're supposed to be sons. So God sold his only son with the expectation of heaven. Many sons. And then from each one of those sons, more sons and more sons and more sons. Because you're not supposed to ever stop reproducing. You're not supposed to ever stop reproducing. Amen. Did you learn anything this morning? Hallelujah.